Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the... 30, I just looked it up and now I don't remember what it is. The 30-something episode of Biscuits Calling a Hockey Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Dave. I'm in America. And there's another guy who's part of this podcast who's not named Dave and not from America. Hey, everyone. Hello from snowy Ottawa. It's Sean. Is it snowing? Do you have snow already? It's not snowing right now, but it snowed over the weekend. So I'm, oh. I'm looking at a snowy backyard right now. It's going to be 58 degrees here today. just want to let you know that's going to be comfortable and nice and may even take off my maybe take off my hoodie on the way home from here today i don't know haven't decided yet we've got some stuff to talk about that's that's hockey related for the hockey podcast and we're going to fix something as well today dave and sean have something to fix and i i think we're long overdue to fix these things like i don't i don't know if anybody fixed the hall of fame yet after we fixed it last week but i'm assuming it just takes a little longer for stuff to get up to toronto from 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 down here maybe i don't know i mean it'll the changes will be effective next year so I'm, yeah i'm guessing they've there's no real need to rush to do it now, I guess. Yeah. But I've um, updated the bylaws, but we just, you know, we won't see it yet. <laughs> Hockey violence, Sean. Um, there's there's a lot of it in the last seven days since we last talked, and um, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the hockey violence. I'd like us all to get along. I'd like I'd like to see guys not not come off of uh, the from the locker room or from off the ice and then back on the ice and fight. I like to not see guys not behead guys. That's that's a big big no no for me. I like to not see guys. Um, check dudes 15 feet from the puck and launch them into the boards and be like, well, we made eye contact, so I don't know why I shouldn't check them. What, 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 was, your, what was your take on all the violence yeah, this week? It Sean? was, you know, it was funny because I think it was last weekend I looked and I saw that there had been one suspension all year for one game total in the first five or six weeks of the season. And I was like, oh, wow, the Department of Player Safety is getting kind of a easy start to the season. And now... Not so much because we had the the big slash over the head. We had a couple of things that apparently aren't going to be looked at or or maybe maybe aren't going to be. We had what looked to be somebody maybe kicking another player in a scrum. Uh, and then we had the big story of the week, I guess, which was the this uh, line crazy line brawl between Detroit and Calgary, which results in two suspensions. One of them being an automatic ten gamer, uh, and uh, yeah, I've I've got a few thoughts on it. But let, let's let's start with the easy question: Do you do you agree with the ten game suspension 
uh, that that they handed out to Witkowski for coming back I mean, onto the ice. Like to me, like there can't be a gray area there. Like once you're off the ice, like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in the tunnel, if you're in the locker room, if you're in the shower, or if you're like four feet from the from the actual lip of the ice. Like you can't go back. Like it's you're you're, you're much like um, Moonlight Graham right. in, in in Field of Dreams. Like once you cross the line. Once, yeah. once, once you, once you, once you get the hot dog out of the choking child, you can't go back and play baseball anymore. Same thing in hockey. Like, it doesn't matter if a guy pokes you with his stick from the bench or anything like that. You're, you're gone. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with, with Wikowski getting the ten that he's supposed to get. And, and I think this might like, I, I've, I've heard some argument that, that it's excessive. That, that basically in a league where it seems like you have to to borderline murder somebody to get more than two games that giving an automatic 10 for, for a guy who just came back on the ice, didn't really do anything once he got back there that it, that it feels excessive, but I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think this is, it's the rule book is very cut and dried. Uh, Apparently I I read one quote where it sounded like Wachowski maybe didn't know the rule, which is unfortunate, but um he, he should because it's, yeah. it's been there for a while. You can't come onto the ice and you can't come back onto the ice. And, and, and the reason for that, you know, that maybe it's, it's a generational thing because, because younger fans might, might not, uh, you know, remember a time where these, these sorts of line brawls were a lot more common and there's only a limited number of officials. And if everybody's all the players on the ice are involved the only way to get it calmed down is you got to start getting guys off the ice. And and the rule is once you're off, once the, the linesman or the, or the referee has taken you off the ice, you can't come back because it would be chaos. If every time you took a guy into the penalty box or, or into the, the hallway back to the dressing room and the official went back to the pile that the player could just hop back on and, and get back involved. So that is classic uh, NHL stuff though, where like they don't ban fighting. They're like, you can fight, but once we manage to get you off of the playing surface, you can't come back like a battle Royal, like a wrestling yeah. role. Like it's just, you can just ban fighting and then you don't have to worry about that. But yeah. And, and then and the, the one that was interesting was Matthew Kachuk gets one game and ba- like, I don't, I, I think they kind of listed it as like unsportsmanlike conduct, but basically he got one game for being a dink. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the official, like this is the NHL just being like, dude, come on. Stop it already with this stuff, Matthew. God, you're such a, yeah. you know what's funny is I Google before we started, I Google Matthew Kachuk just to read. I wanted to see what Calgary's reaction was. And the first result was um, a YouTube video with the title, Matthew Kachuk pissing off people for 12 minutes. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, really? Exactly. You can 12 minutes. You can buy T-shirts of like the, yeah. the Matthew Kachuk friendship tour, where it's just him <laughs> going around the league, annoying people, and uh, and this is like the situation where it it sort of led to something getting a little bit out of control. And I would love to have been there for the hearing because just you know knowing the Department of Player Safety, like it's it's still a very old school bunch, and you can just picture you know. For them to for them to even give the guy a game, I think was was a, a, an attempt to send a message. But you could just it, it'd be like one of those interviews in Mindhunter where it's like at some point you just lean over, you turn off the tape recorder, and then it's like you can just picture like George Peros or somebody like that being like, "Dude, cut it out! Seriously, we're we are if if you pull this stuff again, we're like if if we catch." We, we don't even have anything to suspend you for really on this. Cause he didn't, he got five minutes for spearing. 
but he didn't spear anybody. It was just a little little tap on the skates. And even still, like in those situations when when they give out the five minute penalty and the guy isn't seriously hurt, like that's always enough. That's always enough for player yeah. safety. Yeah, exactly. There, so I mean, there was no and 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 clearly that was a case of the the officials managing the game and finding an excuse to to kick a guy out, uh, which fine. But you know, they they didn't. There really wasn't anything that was a suspendable offense, and they still found a way to get him a game. I'm sure the message has been delivered to him that, all right, we are watching you very closely. And if you step over a line, if you do anything that gives us an excuse, uh, we will hammer you because uh, they're they're clearly getting a little tired of this guy. And, and in fact, even in the I, I didn't I didn't really see anyone mention this anywhere. And maybe it's just maybe it's just a semantics thing. And, and it's it's it, it, and, and it doesn't doesn't matter. But. It was interesting in the in the Matthew Kitchuk uh, suspension video. They mentioned at the end that in, in among their reasons for suspending him was the fact that he was a repeat offender. They they said something along the lines of because of this, that, and the other thing, and that he's a repeat offender. That's what makes this rise to the level of a suspension, which seems like common sense. But that's not actually how they've how they've handled this in the past. The rule for the Department of Player Safety, as I've understood it, has always been that your past history does not have any impact on whether or not you get suspended. Your past history may result in the suspension being larger than it normally would be once you've once they've decided that you've been suspended. It's basically like, you know, you your past record doesn't influence whether you get convicted, but the sentence will right. will vary depending on and and in this case, they seem to be saying like, look, if if it was anybody else, we would have let it go, but not not this guy because we're we're tired of dealing with him. See, but like that's the weird thing though is like Radko Gudis for the longest time was like that where he would he would hit a guy without looking in the head and player safety wouldn't do anything, but they give him a stern talking to the old yeah. player safety, and they did something else, same thing, stern talking to, and then you know two illegal you know dirty plays later, he tries to he tries to you know. Um, Ned Stark, a guy, his head straight <laughs> off his body, and then they're like, yeah. "Well, that's ten games." Like, well, like, why isn't it more? Like, why, why well, if, and, why if, and, like, and, if that know, if that affects the sentencing, why would you go from six for the one thing to ten for like a really terrible thing? Because the guy doesn't get hurt. Basically, is the problem is Matthew Perot didn't get hurt. Right. It's so annoying. And, and and ten games for something that didn't cause an injury is pretty. I mean, I'm off the top of my head trying to remember a double-digit suspension for something that didn't result in an injury and uh, that that wasn't automatic. Uh, and I can't I can't think of too many. So I, I mean, th- this is one of those where I, I know everyone would kind of like to have seen them go even even harsher. And and let's be honest, it's it it was an opportunity to do that because there are certain players in the league that uh, if if the Department of Player Safety wanted to hold them up as an example. I don't think too many people would object, and and I think Radko Gudas fits into that category. Uh, so I don't know. I I mean, ten games is ten games is a big suspension. I mean, it, it, it's it's almost a half million dollars out of his pocket. This this is no small thing. So, um, but I again I I suspect that this was also delivered with maybe a, an off the record message that, okay, you're, you're now officially in the Rafi Torres zone where the next time you step out of line, we're just, the gloves are off and we, you're, we're just going to hammer you with as, as big a suspension as we can find. And, uh, it, this is, this is kind of the final warning. Yeah. But like 
how many times do you warn a guy like Radko Gudis? Like, because they, yeah. they, they, I think officially warned him at least twice. They suspended him once before this. They suspend him again. And if you suspend him and say, "Well, look, we're also going to warn you," like, 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 if you're the NHL, don't oh. you, don't you, don't you feel like the warnings don't matter anymore? I, at this I point? mean, they, I, I don't know if they do or they they don't. I mean, we've seen cases, we've seen Rafi Torres where they they gave him chance after chance. And and he kept going over the line, and then they they ended up giving you know giving him the forty plus games, and and that was really the end of him. We've seen also the flip side is is the Matt Cook situation where he sort of got to that last chance point, and you know for the most part cleaned up and and uh, was able to to stay on the other side of the line. So uh, yeah, I mean, how many chances do you give? Clearly, in in, in this league, they will give you four or five chances right. before they they get to a point and yeah i uh i don't know um like like the next I, thing, I like, like, like the next thing is going to be like radko gudis like like slices a guy's throat open with a skate with doing some sort of like jean-claude van damme like roundhouse kick and they're going to be like all right i want you to sit in the corner and think about what you did okay we're not going to suspend uh, you we want you to just really really think about how disappointed we are in you like, uh, okay i can play the next game yeah sure go ahead okay fine I hate it. I hate, uh, it. I hate honestly, it so much. If he if he can Van Damme it, I'd be <laughs> I'd, I'd give him a freebie on that. But the the other thing here that 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 that, that just struck me about uh, just going back to the the wings and flames, and and I wrote this on Friday, and I feel like people a few people who were maybe newer fans thought that I was that I was making a joke or I was being sarcastic, and I wasn't because like this was one of those things where I I didn't see it live. So I got that experience of seeing other people's reaction before I actually saw the thing they were reacting to. And I see all these, all these people on my Twitter feed who are like, wow, crazy brawl in, you know, between Calgary and, and Detroit, things are really out of control, old school, old time hockey. I flipped it on and I was like, yeah, "Yeah." Uh. like, but, but like when I wrote on Friday, I stand by this. If this had happened in like 1992, it would not even have made the highlights nope. of your local. Like you wouldn't even have seen it until the Red Wings came to town and they like in passing were like, Oh, by the way, this guy, this one guy's not playing because he's suspended 10 games for, for this, for this brawl. So I say that not as a value judgment. I, I know some people will, will say that is a sign of progress. That's a sign of how far this league has come. Other people will say, yeah, you know, the boy, it was more fun back then to, to be a fan when, when, stuff like this and a lot more than this was happening. But I mean, like it, when people these days see something like that and they're like, I oh, see the NHL will just never get it. They'll just never clean. It. They have cleaned it up. They, we have come a long way from the days where like Mike Keenan would have 18 skaters in his lineup, but he dressed 24 guys for the pregame warm up, so that when the brawl broke out, the flyers would have extra guys. <laughs> like we're a long way away from when like, Montreal and Quebec would get in a brawl before the period. There'd be sucker punches and, and just vicious, dirty plays everywhere. And the referees would kick a bunch of guys out of the game and then forget to tell the teams that guys have been kicked out. And then everybody would just come back on the ice and see each other and start fighting again before the period could start. Like these things actually happened. Like not like this wasn't in the twenties. This was, this was, you know, just, just a couple of decades ago. So, you know, the, how how much the league has changed and depending on your perspective like how much 
progress has been made as far as cleaning this stuff up is, uh, you know, it's, it's almost night and day. And, and just to see something like that happen in the, in the Calgary Detroit game and see people's reaction to it and, and just remember back to, you know, what it, what the league was like 20 or 25 years ago and, and, and be like, man, it's, uh, this league has changed a lot. And this has been our new segment. Sean is old enough to remember when brought to you by Bauer hockey. Sean is old enough yes. to remember when people would murder each other on the, you know, it's funny. I, I think I bring this up once a year, the same way the NHL brings up the U S Olympic gold medal, in 1980 thing. If you, whatever date that happened on February 20 something or whatever, if you Google that date and Flyers Canucks, yes, there was an insane brawl the day the U.S. won the gold or beat Russia, mm-hmm. whichever one it was, beat Russia. And it it's one of these things where you cannot believe how long it goes on and how many people are involved. Like you're watching it, and it's like something out of like a like a Will Ferrell movie where like his it's like like picture um uh what's the stupid basketball movie he's in that sucks uh these they play in michigan and whatever but it's like that but like the gimmick for him is like just 20 on 20 fights and like these got there's like there's like one-on-one fights all over the ice there's brawls and like you know the, the two guys get separated and they stop and like you think it's over but really all they're doing is just like going to their corners and like resting for a minute and they go yeah. back and fight again it's insane like you watch that and, and you it, watch the, the Calgary Detroit thing you will have your mind blown yeah it's like three three officials trying to break up yeah literally 40 guys fighting cuz like a fight would just break out and you wouldn't even be that bad and then suddenly oh here come 30 other guys are just jumping into the fight and yeah i mean that and and that's to, to bring it bring it full circle i guess like that is it was stuff like that which is why we have the 10 game automatic suspension like that is the rule they put in place in after the big flyers uh habs debacle in 87 where they they literally had a bench clearing brawl before the game even started because they were mad over claude lemieux shooting a puck into an empty net as yeah, a superstition right and so like claude, claude lemieux would always at, at the end of pregame warm-up, shoot the puck into the other team's empty net. The Flyers decided this bothered them, so they sent their backup goalie and a tough guy onto the ice to wait it out. The Habs leave Claude Lemieux out there with his own butt with Shane Corson as a bodyguard. <laughs> they get in this battle of wills. Eventually, the Flyers, the two Flyer guys leave. Lemieux goes to shoot the puck. The two Flyers guys jump back on the ice and start chasing him around. And we have a two-on-two brawl with multiple guys then coming out of the of the dressing room after they've already finished their warm up so half of them don't even have you know they they don't necessarily have their their shirts on or whatever and this massive brawl breaks out where the flyers have six extra guys because Keenan has yeah. uh, has seen this coming and like that was the one where finally the league was like all right you know what we're we're done with this and then that the 10 game suspension for for leaving the bench came in and basically that's been the end of of bench clearing brawls and so if if you know, if if you're someone, if you're a Detroit fan or whoever, and you're like, oh, why do they have to? Surely they can introduce some sort of gray area and for for this sort of thing. That's why, because it was like there there was a time. Even if I, I don't care how old school you are, I don't care how many Rock'em Sock'em videos you have. Like there was a point where even the most fight friendly fan out there was like, all right, this is this is getting kind of silly. We can we can probably dial this back a little bit. 
like how long did those like if you went to one of those games like how long were you actually in the arena for the game because now it's like you get to the arena at seven the game's pretty much over at nine thirty. like if there was two line brawls were you just there till 11 yeah. o'clock i mean that's yeah, insane they, i mean th- these things were going for 20 minutes like yeah. these days again like crazy brawl and you go and you go watch it on youtube and the youtube clip is three minutes long like start to finish it's done and like they're dropping the puck for the next face off three minutes later and uh it's uh you know i mean and, and even geez if you're a detroit fan i mean this 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 doesn't wouldn't even rank in the top five of the stuff that went on with the colorado avalanche oh no so i mean this including including my all-time favorite my all-time favorite performance by anyone in any brawl ever uh is the 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 famous 97 brawl between the wings and the avalanche the the, the first one where where uh uh, Darren McCarty gets payback on Claude the Mew, who's again, you know, that the fact that his, he keeps showing up in the middle of these things should probably tell us something. Uh, that's the one where Patrick Waugh and Brandon Shanahan do the flying uh, like yeah. matrix style yeah. near collision. Uh, <laughs> and which, by the way, Brandon Shanahan is another guy who shows up in the middle of an awful lot of this stuff. I've, I've kind of mentioned this before. Like he's, Brandon Shanahan's kind of the Forrest Gump of NHL violence. Like he just, <laughs> He was in like the the Canada Russia brawl in the World Juniors, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. But uh, it, my favorite performance in any brawl ever was that whole brawl, which you know we all remember for all the fights. We remember the linesmen scraping the blood off the ice, and my favorite performance is Paul Dvorsky, the referee, who gave out twenty two minutes in penalties for that entire brawl. <laughs> did not kick anybody out of the game. Did not even get like Darren McCarty didn't even get a fighting major. Like he got like a like like a double minor for roughing and it was 22 minutes and all right back on the eye everybody stayed in the game everybody kept playing patrick Waugh got his face stitched up and went back in the net and that was it it was like the most old, it was like the last of the old school refereeing performances at, that gave way to like the modern era where like the flyers and senators have a brawl where jason spezza and patrick sharp get in a tickling match and each get 40 <laughs> minutes because they get like uh, uh, and oh yeah listen I, to you you're a bloodthirsty canadian longing for the days of old oh man yeah where's the I, blood I'm, scraper i bring the blood scraping guy out yeah yeah i see i see who I, you are deep I'm, down inside i'm conflicted i've 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 reached a point where i've decided it is perfectly acceptable to hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold both thoughts in your head at the same time that A, I'm glad we got rid of all this stuff. It was dangerous. We know, you know, we understand head injuries and all this other stuff and all the risks and uh trauma that guys were going through and it's good that we got rid of it and also this league was so much more fun when this stuff was going on it was it was so much more fun when this stuff was going on and we were stupid and didn't understand how ridiculous it was and and i will never go back there's there's no way it ever goes back but uh yeah that's that's what youtube's for by the way, does does the city of ottawa as the vice sports ottawa correspondent does ottawa want blood for brendan smith because i feel like 
that that, that I, I i probably I i'd want some blood for that to be honest yeah i haven't heard all that much about it but it's yeah that is sort of a a weird one in that that seems at least i don't think as of tuesday morning i haven't heard anything about yeah, i don't think so either and i know like there was that whole thing where it was like well we made eye yeah but yeah eye contact you, what the fuck is like, but the, what insane world is brendan smith living in where like he he made eye contact and had this deep understanding that he was about to make body contact with somebody else like like somebody else who didn't yeah like didn't have the puck like it doesn't (laughs) if i see you coming and the puck is like 20 feet over there like i don't i don't know what the the code yeah that if we lock eyes and like hold that for (laughs) a certain amount of time that you're allowed to like drop your shoulder into into my chest and and shoulder and propel me into the boards I just, I, I so. just, yeah, like, I don't understand why, like, like, I feel like a lot of the problems in today's world, Sean, are, are about, <laughs> are about communication. You know, we're not communicating properly. Like people aren't, aren't saying the right things to the right people. You know, there's just stuff builds up and, and there become problems that would just be solved with open lines of honest communication. And somehow Brendan Smith feels like he can communicate with a stranger essentially through eye contact during a high speed sport that he's going to maybe blink at each other in morse code like was there that you know what that's probably what it is brendan smith has naval training and or mark doesn't so i feel like maybe that 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 maybe that you know what maybe it's different codes because like no they're both no they're both canadian aren't they so they would both be i don't know i I don't know i've no and like people were mad too they were like there was people at the garden that night because i was there like you know get up you can't you can't take a hit (laughs) I'm like, buddy, the puck was 15 feet away. Your your body is not prepared to brace for a hit when it's that far away. Like, just because they were next to each other doesn't mean they're like, it, it, the whole thing was insane. The the explanation about eye contact, like, I just, I wish I was at his locker when he said that because I didn't think he was going to come out and talk, but I guess he did. Insane, just absolute. And there's no again. This is like the same oh, thing with. Um, it's a good thing you weren't there because you may have made eye contact with him <laughs> at some point. And like, and like now you're fair. He he looks at me. He's like, he, like we make eye contact, and he's like. No, no, you can't borrow twenty bucks. What? Isn't that isn't that what your eyes were telling me? No, I was just looking at you. I wasn't really thinking anything about the eye contact. Like an alpha male thing. It's like you know, yeah. you're, you're out in the woods and you then you see the wolf. You just do not look directly at it because that will be seen as a challenge. If that's not if Brendan Smith's new nickname. Isn't the wolf by the end of this? I don't know. He's he's, he's uh, the eye of the eye of Soren. The eye of the eyes. The eye test. The eye test. No, that's too stupid. No, no that's taken. I think, yeah, yeah, that's already being used. Well, speaking of stupid things, um, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, yes. Yeah. They're, Hold they're... on. But before, before oh, oh. we do that, should we fix the Department of Player Safety? Oh, yeah. I forgot. And now it's time for our, our, our semi-regular our semi-regular segment, Sean and Dave Fix. And, and this week, we're going to fix player safety. And I, I, have, I have something right off the bat. Right off the bat. Okay. Hit me. Injuries don't matter. It's the act that matters. Like, yeah. you know, like take that and interpret it any way you want. But like like let's say hypothetically, I don't know, like I'm 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 walking down the street and there's and I got a hockey stick in my hand and there's another guy coming the other way and he's got a hockey stick in his hand. And for whatever reason we just start shoving because that's just what guys with hockey sticks on the streets do. And and I fall down, I fall into my hands and knees. And he decides that he's going to chop down on my neck with his stick. And for some reason, I have a meaty part of my neck that can absorb a blow from a six foot four, 240 pound man. And I'm okay. I still feel like the cop should do something there and it shouldn't matter right. that I survived it. That's, that's, that's just kind of my thing. That's my thing. 
Yeah, and and I get, and I feel like the league kind of takes the same approach that the cops would take, which is they will. But I mean, you know, they they gave a ten game suspension on that play. But you're right. I mean, if he had ended his season, then it would have been like, what if he had broken a disc more. in his neck? What if he had like, yeah. the, like, like, then it would of... probably have been twenty games. Oh or, man. So so yeah, I mean, there there is there is that, and and I'm glad. I'm glad that you went with the injuries don't matter and not the opposite idea that you hear sometimes, which is that the injury should determine the suspension. And that if I do something that causes somebody to miss 20 games, then I have to miss 20 games too. Hmm. Uh, because that's, that's a terrible idea. That's yeah, stupid. Because, because first of all, you know, what happens if you chop a guy over the neck and he doesn't get hurt? You know, a lot of injury, a lot of times is, is just, is just, luck i mean or or largely luck um plus i guarantee you if if something happens in game one of a playoff series you know if Sidney crosby chops at uh uh at matt martin guess what matt martin's not coming back for that whole series matt martin will be uh locked away somewhere like trust me like lou lamorella will take care of it you won't see him again so i mean there, there'd be all sorts of ways that it could be <laughs> manipulate it and messed with but no i'm 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 kind of with you like judge the act and i'd like maybe see them treat more plays like this radical goodest play where they they do you know it's okay to hammer a guy with a big suspension even if an injury didn't happen if it's a play that you can look at and clearly say you know what that absolutely could have resulted in in significant injury so let's let's treat it that way and not give a guy a break just because somebody happened to fall in the right way or somebody happened to to see a dirty hit coming at the very last second and and get themselves just far enough out of the way that uh that they didn't end up missing the rest of the season yeah i'm also in favor of not necessarily having somebody run the department who fits this mold but like you don't have to have Chris Pronger, George Paros. Like I, I like to see like a couple yeah. dudes in the in player safety who are like Paul Correa. So when like when George Paros Correa's is like, the guy who would be the best, yeah, the best one. And I don't I don't think he'd do it because he's he's really, I think, still working through some 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 problems with how he feels like the the league in general treated let him, him, let him down. Yeah. So, but but yeah, a guy like that would would round out that that group pretty well i mean george paris was a was an interesting choice because i mean on the one hand he's he's obviously a a former tough guy but he's also a guy who basically had his career ended by concussions and 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 injury and so he would you would think he would maybe have as as was chris pronger actually where you've sort of got these guys who should have an appreciation of, of what can happen and and what the results can be i don't think you want an entire group full of guys who didn't you know i i I think you you want some guys who played on right on that line it can't be the suicide Uh, squad you have to have like a batman or a superman in there you know you just can't have all the bad guys running the show so yeah i mean that 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 i do think that would help and you know i think in general my feeling is i think their process is pretty good i think they and i think it's better than people give it credit for and I know there's, you know, there's, there's still misconceptions out there. You see it all the time where something will happen in a game and somebody will be like, I hope the department of player safety takes yeah. a look at it. And it's like, <laughs> they, dude, like it's not 1985 where you have to send a tape in. Like they see 
everything. Like they're literally in a room every single night watching every game at the same time as it plays out for keeping an eye out for anything at all that could be worth, uh, worth looking at. So, you know, they, they see everything, uh, you know, the, the hearing system I think is, is, is a fair one. I love the videos that they put out. I think that's the, the, those, those videos that Brandon Shanahan started, I think are some of the best things that the league best innovations the league has had to actually have something where you explain and detail and freeze frame it and, and all of that stuff, explain the reasoning. I wish they would do it for some of these um, goaltender interference and offside review call. Like if that, I, it, it, it blows my mind that the same league can put out these incredible suspension videos that explain everything in detail and then give you like a one line answer on why, a goal got pulled off the board for for interference, right? And it's all semantics and like just stuff that like doesn't really tell they you stuff, paste, right? They just cut and paste the rule book. They're like at right x Thanks. minutes of the x period, a review was initiated. <laughs> After review, it was determined that cut and paste from the rule book. Therefore, goal or no goal. And you're just like. Well, thanks. That's I'm really glad that I clicked on this, especially on goalie interference stuff too, because like every goalie interference thing is is slightly different. You just can't copy and paste the goalie inter- like the la- the thing t- in Toronto on on Monday yeah. night. Like that was I thought that was clearly interference, but like there were people who were confused as to why it was or why it wasn't, and then the explanation doesn't really give you the whole detail thing. You have to like yeah, find the, somebody. The referee the game. just comes out and says, "Yeah," because no because the referees. I mean, these guys seem to hate talking into a microphone more than anyone hates anything. Uh, and I'm with you. Like I thought that the the goal, if, if people didn't see it, the Coyotes are up two one on the Maple Leafs. Uh, Austin Matthews scores what appears to be the tying goal with three minutes left on a not even a wraparound. Really, he gets the puck, goes all the way behind the net, comes out in front, scores the goal. But before he had started to go around, I, I think it was Zach Hyman, basically kind of pitchforks the Coyotes goaltender. And and I don't know if he did it on purpose or if he was, it was sloppy. Like it wasn't necessary. It wasn't like the puck right. was there. Yeah. He kind of pushed him back. The goalie uh, Randa picks himself up, goes across the crease or goes across the goal line. Kind of comes out a little bit to get set for the shot. Gets beat, and they ruled that it's goaltender interference. I guess because you know even though he was able to get up and get set and get square to the shot, would he have been further out? Would he have uh, you know would he have set himself differently? if he hadn't been interfered with. And, you know, there is that, like, I, I thought it was clear interference. The only area of confusion I think that, that a lot of us have is like, how, how long does a goalie have to get reset? Right. Like what and if, he, what, what if he just like laid inside his net on his back the whole time? Like, uh, yeah. I can't get or, out. Or what if he's, you know, what if he gets up, but like, you know, is, is it the case that if you're a goalie and you get bumped, just get up and start scrambling. And as long as you never get set and square and established again, you're, you know, like, is there some point where it's like, you know what you had, you know, you had three seconds. That's enough time to get up and get, get set. I don't think it would have impacted last night's goal. I think that that was going to be no goal anyways, but wouldn't it be cool if the league had a video out that said like, okay, here's the play. Here's why it got called this way. Here's why, you know, it would have been a goal if this or that, but because of, these factors this is why it's no goal because i like i've said this before i've watched suspension videos where i've you know i've seen the decision you know so and so got suspended for this and i've gone like oh that's a oh that's a bad call and then i watched the video and i'm like you know what 
yeah, they they convinced me. They 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 showed me why this uh, you know they they picked up on a detail that I hadn't noticed, or they uh, they found something that I hadn't seen, and they're right and I'm wrong. And you know, I have no problem saying that when they can make the case. Um, so I, I love the fact that they do that, and I wish the league did it for for more things that for for more of their seemingly nonsensical decisions. Any any other player safety thoughts? I feel like it, we we could do like two hours on this, but the, the one thing I would do, and, and this isn't this isn't necessarily a player safety thing. I would I, I would like to see the suspensions be more harsh across the board. Agreed. And that's not, you know, but that's not a George Paros thing. That's not a Chris Bryant. Like that is the the league and the GMs have to go to the Department of Player Safety and say, we want we want you to shift the scale a little bit. And because at this point, uh, it's it's been pretty clearly established what the expectations are. And as long as we're going to have a league where every GM will always defend his own players and every team always thinks their player shouldn't have gotten suspended, then... The, the suspensions are going to be relatively small or at least smaller than most of us would probably like. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a GM change. That's not a, I'm sure the department of player safety, if they were told, you know what, double, double the suspensions starting now, they'd happily do it. Uh, but that is, that, that they, is the problem with player safety where like, they're not, they're just doing what they're told by other people. Like that's, that's the thing that kills me about players working on. Yeah. I mean, there's a scale that's been established, not, not officially, not formally, but over the years that, you know, these sorts of things are one game and these sorts of things are two. And to get more than two has to be a, a, a really serious offense or, uh, uh, or, or a repeat offender. And, you know, may, maybe we, maybe we stretch that out and maybe we, um, you know, start start going longer on these things to make sure the message gets gets through. But again, that has to come from the GMs, and it has to come from GMs who aren't going to turn around and throw a temper tantrum when it's their guy who gets five games for something that maybe would have been two games the year before. Man, those GMs—they're such babies. Mm, why are you suspend them? Like even Matthew, like Matthew Kachuk got the game, and uh, Trelaving was like, oh, "Like, shut up." Just, just go, go do your to go do, go do your job and don't make any trades all year until one day get lost. Um, That's why the GMs don't like the Department of Player Safety because the Department of Player Safety actually occasionally does something. I mean, that well, vaguely well, matches their job description, and they're like, "Whoa, I didn't know you were going to do that. I well, thought you were going to." Well, to be fair, to be fair, you did mention before we started this that they had suspended one guy for one game in six weeks, so they really weren't exactly. Yeah, that's true. They weren't exactly grinding all night. Oh man, we got to make the game safer. They were just like, oh, Radko again. It's always a, that. That is the one good thing about like the way things are now. Like, there's really only so many dudes who are still doing shit like that, and it's like Radko Gudis yeah. and Matthew Kachuk are always involved somehow. Like, they're either hitting guys from behind or they're you know braining guys with their sticks. Yeah, there, <sighs> there's like you know, like I was watching the Coyotes game last night. I'm like, oh, Zach Ronaldo, right? That's still a thing. <laughs> he still plays. But there's but there's like there's like five of those guys left as opposed to, you know, again, the, not, not to, not to hike my pants up and go all cranky grandpa on everyone, but do like, it. there used to be 50 or six, like there used to be three of these guys on every team. And now there's like three or four in the whole league. Back in my day, you know, you know, you know what else happened back in my day? The Montreal Canadians were good at hockey. They were, they were, they were, oh, I mean, for most of the time I was way back, there. like way back. Yeah, then. Way time, back. In a magical time, I call the eighties and nineties. Ah, uh, yeah. When Richard Marks was on the radio, and and Charlotte Ray was starring in both Different Strokes and Facts of Life, that's when the Montreal Canadiens were a good team. 
And now they were good. They won. They actually won the Stanley Cup a few times. I don't know if they. Yeah. I forget how many times total, like eleven or twelve. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think they're keeping track, but it's (laughs) so the Montreal Canadiens are are not not. It's it's been weird, right? Because they had they had the terrible start, and everybody panicked, but. It, there was always that thing where, like, you looked at the, the numbers, and you're like, "Well, they're shooting three percent. Like, they're they're clearly it's going to come back up, and they're going to get better." And they did. And then they ran off like I think six out of eight wins or something like that. And but then now they've sort of had a couple of they they, they had they were the first team to lose to the Coyotes in regulation. Then they get just crushed by the Maple Leafs on on their own home ice. And so we're back in a panic mode. We don't know what the deal is with Carey Price. We don't know if the what team's looking at making any moves. And and we also have now reports, at least uh, my some of my pals at Sportsnet were reporting on Saturday that the Montreal Canadiens are at least thinking about just blowing the whole thing up and and going into rebuild mode and and deciding that they can't actually win with the core that they put together, which is always something that you. You want, I mean, if you're, if you're, it's that old hockey adage. If you're going to blow it all up and start over, the time to do it is right after you've signed a goaltender <laughs> to an $80 million contract that hasn't even started yet. That's the crazy hasn't part. Even, hasn't even kicked in. Like he, he's, he's already super injury prone and has an injury history and he's super injured again the year before the extension starts. Like who could have well, ever let me foreseen ask you this? this? Hi, hypothetical question. Okay. okay. Mark Bergevin gets fired uh-huh. this morning. Your phone rings. They say, Dave, come to Montreal. We want you to be the new GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Um, okay. Your first day on the job, an intern comes in and goes, you know what? I just noticed the craziest thing. Uh, on Carey Price's new contract, Like, there's this section where you're supposed to sign an initial, and nobody actually did that. So mm-hmm. technically, this contract isn't official yet. Should I just sign it and, and fax it in and file it? Or... Do you go? I, I would have already. Actually? I would have already. I would have already cut you off at the initial part, and I already had had <laughs> called his agent and told him that he was not going to be a member of the Montreal Canadiens. You've already next yanked season. the contract. Oh yeah, it's going through the shredder right I've, now. I've, Man, that's. I've pushed the intern out of the room, and I've already got on the phone with people. He's he's already gone. I never would have given him the contract to begin with, but the highest paid, highest yeah. goaltender contract ever does not kick in until next year, eight years after that. For bad, a guy who it's a, is it's a bad contract already is he is he thirty by now I think he's he's either twenty nine or thirty I mean he's yeah. he's the he's the Benoit Pouliot draft year as I like to call it turned turned thirty this summer yeah and he is this year I mean he's he's not only injured but has a goals against average closing in on like four <laughs> he hasn't been good this year and, and there's also like some controversy over just the injury itself because he got hurt in warm-up again and played that night and you know there's there's people who are, i think are uh correctly pointing out that like dude you you signed an 80 million dollar contract at some point you got to start telling us when you're hurt you can't just oh nobody you know, knew oh yeah that's that's he, that's a problem it, or you know or at least mark bergerman said he didn't know and you know i don't maybe this this becomes one of these things where who knew what and who made the call to to, to let him go out there and whether that even contributed to the injury being more serious or not, or how serious the injury is or isn't like nobody, nobody really seems to know. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's one more thing. And, and the other weird thing is you had this, this talk of 
the rebuild. But then the one thing they said was that if they decided to go ahead and do that, th- the one guy that they would not move is Shea Weber. <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction. Oh, man. what are, uh, like, see- How do you do a... Re- like, we're oh. going to tear it down and rebuild, but the 32-year-old with the huge contract... How do you trade him, though? Well, I mean, I guess... Well, that, I guess that could, would be the thing. If, if you, you can say trade that you anybody, can't though. trade him, but... You, you can trade anybody, I guess, after the whole Kessel... Remember Kessel, how untradeable yeah. he was two years ago? You, you, you can retain trade. salary. You, you find a team him. that's trying to win right now. I love that, you know, uh, Travis uh, Yoss just had a piece on TSN just this morning where he was like, you know what? If they were going to trade Shea Weber, the Maple Leafs would actually probably be the, the best team to, to send him to. Oh, yeah. That would make which, sense. Which I'm sure... I, I don't even want to go back and see what that comment section looks like now but <laughs> well, it's not the worst um, idea because like he i saw him tweeting not, about it because like he literally would be the leafs number one best defenseman immediately well and he would i mean Shea weber would be the best defenseman on most teams in the league like i i feel like because of a the, the contract being terrible b the fact that he gets traded for pk Subban, and and c the fact that he he seems to be like held in in, in this like mystically high stratosphere by by certain people in the hockey world that you know it all adds up to people acting like this guy isn't a good player and he, he is he's a top pairing guy still um but yeah that the contract is yeah. is ugly and, but but just yeah the idea that you know let's do a rebuild but we won't trade the our oldest star player with the biggest contract or the second biggest contract now and it's like you know like like what's the argument like why wow, you can't can't win without that guy really because i'm pretty sure a team just traded him recently and went to the stanley cup final like that year so mm. i feel like you can recover now i mean you got to get a pk suban for him but where would you ever get somebody like that where would you find the guy like pk suban your system Impossible. if you're montreal once in a gener once in a generation yeah you just if you, if you ever had someone like that you would just hang on to them for you know what i was wondering like like because obviously julian breezebaugh is the guy they, they're good they're will always be brought up for montreal like like would you would you want that job? Would you want to go there at this point? Like it, it's such a mess. It's going to be years before the Canadians are good. Well, years. I mean, I I don't know that I oh. I don't know that I would. And you're right. It's it's a it can be a brutal market to work in. The flip side of that is, you know, if I'm Julian Breezeby. Like Steve Eisenman isn't going anywhere for a long time. No. So I got to go somewhere. You kind of you know I think that GM in the NHL is one of those jobs where if if you have a shot, you you take it and you don't sit back and, and wait for someone else to call, which may or may not happen. But I mean, there, there's a part of me that hopes that he doesn't want it. And if he's listening, he Julian, is. Don't, he is. don't take it. <laughs> don't take it. You can do better. Hold out for something else. There's, there's, there's going to be all sorts of opportunity elsewhere. Uh, because just as a fan, and this, this isn't me as a leaf fan. No, this isn't even me. This is me just as a, a, a not even a hockey fan, just a fan of, the human spirit and capacity for entertainment. <laughs> Patrick Waugh as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Like, let's make this happen. See, like, that's just mean. Like, like, like there's, there's, there's taking joy in people's misery and then there's just going too far. And I feel like just you wanting to see Patrick Waugh running a, running the Montreal Canadiens. Eh, that would be funny. I do want to see that too. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Pat, just, I mean, th- think of all the, di- I mean, the first time a goaltender struggles, Patrick was the the first the first time he gets to call Joe Sackick to work on a trade. 
God. There's just, oh, there's so many. The first time that the team loses a game badly and he just gets up and quits because he trades Carey Price to Montreal to Colorado and he wins he wins the cup in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know. <sighs> there's so much potential there. I just yeah, I'm I, I I you know it's 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 like it's like think it's like thinking ahead to Christmas in November. Like I don't even want to get myself too excited over what Santa might bring because I'm maybe Maybe I didn't make the nice list and I won't get what I'm asking for, but please just Patrick Waugh, GM or coach or coach GM. I would take that too. Sure. That would be all right. Sure. You're not coach, kidding. coach, player, coach. GM. I mean, whatever. It's, I'm, I'm not picky. Just let's have him involved somehow in the organization so that we can watch that, uh, watch that all unfold. Okay, so um, usually this is the part of the show where we take some questions, but um, I'm getting the high sign from Marina, and there's a there's a man's voice in my ears who's telling me I got to wrap it up. So um, this is the part where we have to say goodbye. Uh, uh, to, to answer, I'll just answer the questions without reading them. Uh, Tortorella, Cheddar Bay Biscuits, uh, the Canadians suck. Um, I don't want to play that. I don't want to answer that question. It's too offensive. And uh, 22. Those are the answers to those questions. Uh, but we'll 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 do them next week for sure. I mean, I don't want to say for sure. I mean, you never know. You never know what's going to happen next week either. But uh, sorry that we didn't do that part of the thing. And um, so yeah, that's 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 it from that's it from my end. You wanna you wanna say anything before we sign off? No, I'm good. That's uh, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we will chat with you next week, and uh, maybe we'll have a few more brawls and or a new. GM in Montreal and Hopefully. or Patrick Waugh in Montreal starting brawls. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> or me and Sean, me and Sean will just brawl one of them, one of the other. We might. All right. See ya. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.